Hello and welcome to another information-packed edition of the Newsmax Daily for Thursday, February the 1st, 2024, the 32nd day of the new year, the 43rd day of winter. And today is National Texas Day in the U.S. of A., established in 2017 as part of a national push to give each state its own day to be recognized and celebrated by the rest of America for what is unique to that state and the history of that state. And the timing of National Texas Day couldn't be any better, obviously, with the state's border battle continuing to dominate the national headlines, right? As the second largest state in the country. Country behind which state? Alaska, you guessed it. The Lone Star State has plenty worth celebrating, recognizing, and learning about from way before it even became a part of the United States. So if you live in Texas or you are from the great state of Texas, today is your day. I lived in Dallas for six years. My wife is from Dallas. We have a lot of family there. We go to Texas often. My current and longtime home state of Florida is in the news today. A lot of people talking about this after a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit filed by the Disney Corporation against Governor Ron DeSantis and some other state officials over the state legislature's decision. Don't forget, it wasn't just DeSantis's sole decision. It was the state legislature's decision to change the governing structure of Disney-controlled property known as the Reedy Creek Improvement District. As you likely know, this has been a long back-and-forth kind of deal. Disney argued that the change to the district was made in retaliation for criticism of the governor's Parental Rights in Education Act. DeSantis and the state legislature appointed a new governing body to the district. There's been a lot of back-and-forth, as I said, a lot of lawsuits, but yesterday ruling dismissing the case by Disney is a big win for Ronnie D. And this is a big deal. Today is the day that drug companies, Big Pharma, are getting initial offers on drug pricing from the federal government. This is part of the Medicare price negotiation process, which is a part of the Inflation Reduction Act. Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Bechera. Folks who are on Medicare will will benefit by Medicare being able to negotiate for the best fair price uh, on these drugs. Uh, The lower the price is, the more that the Medicare program and Medicare beneficiaries spend. When the Medicare program saves money, taxpayers save money because taxpayers help cover the costs of the Medicare program. And how about the fireworks on Capitol Hill. Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people. It appears that you're trying to be the premier sex trafficking site not, Senator. in this uh, country. Senator, that's ridiculous. No, it Senator, is not ridiculous. Uh, you want to turn around this. and we tell these people that... We don't want this content on our platforms. And we, why don't you take it down? We do take we it down. We are here discussing... We, we, do we more need work you to all to than, work than, with than, us. Than, than, no, than, you're not. Uh, you are not. Senators Lindsey Graham and Marsha Blackburn questioning or interrogating Mark Zuckerberg as the Senate Judiciary Committee accused the chief executives of Meta, TikTok, Snap, and other social media platforms, including X, of failing to protect kids who use those platforms. More from Greg Kelly. This is a total, full-on crisis It's a national security crisis. And as much as we like to complain and moan about Congress, I was impressed today. They had a great big hearing, 
and the heads of some of the big, big tech companies were there. And members of Congress from both parties gave it to these guys. They came in kind of like those tobacco executives in the mid-90s, right? These folks who kind of run the world. I have a soft spot, though, for Twitter. I think Twitter is a force for good. But TikTok and Meta, no way. The guy who runs TikTok and the guy who runs Meta, Zuckerberg, Shu, right? That's who they are? Yep, those guys, they were in for the brunt of it today, and they deserved it. You know, these platforms, especially Meta, which owns Instagram. You've seen Instagram, right? It's pictures, 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 pictures. Everybody looking at things and feeling bad about themselves. Did you know, I didn't know this until recently, that Instagram facilitates the dissemination of child pornography. They do. If Zuckerberg really cared about America, he'd shut that company down immediately. He's not going to do that. Wall Street Journal, we all agree that's a fairly reputable paper. They did a deep dive on child porn and Instagram, and what they found was, well, take a look. Pedophiles have long used the Internet, but unlike the forums and file transfer services that cater to people who have interest in illicit content, Instagram does not merely host these activities, its algorithms promote them. Next, please. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests, the journal and the academic researchers found, academics from Stanford. Next, please. The sexualized accounts on Instagram are brazen about their interest. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags such as, this is tough to say, pedo whore and hashtag preteen sex and connected them to accounts that use the terms to advertise child sex material for sale. Next, such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles incorporating words such as, you can read the rest. Instagram has allowed this to happen and there is absolutely no excuse in the world. Mark Zuckerberg, the guy who started that place, right? You know, uh, he's actually married to a pediatrician. He has no excuse. They know the harm that they are causing to children. Priscilla Chan is her name. She's a doctor. I'm sure she cares about children. But, you know, Facebook, this thing, its roots are kind of scuzzy in a way. When he was at Harvard, you know what Facebook was originally? A way for him and his tech pals to rate the appearances of girls, hot or not. Hot, not hot, Facebook. What kind of face, face do they have? That's how it all started, actually. And that's kind of what it still is. Anyway, this company is dangerous, dangerous to the American people. That's Newsmax host Greg Kelly. And let's fast forward to the end of the segment. All this, um, you know, lecturing and shaming of Facebook, of Zuckerberg and the guy from TikTok, it might actually do something. It really might. I don't know. Look, when Trump won in 2016, Facebook, they were on the run. I mean, Facebook was public enemy number one for Democrats because the Trump campaign utilized Facebook more effectively than 
Hillary did. Brad Parscale was Trump's digital guy, and they ran circles around Hillary. I mean, listen to this stuff. In the primary season, what was the strategy on Facebook, and how did it kind of shift going into 2016? Shock and awe. Shock and awe. How yeah. so? What's that mean? Which means is uh, put Mr. Trump's message, let him speak directly to camera, and get it to as many people as possible. And why was Facebook the ideal medium for that? Low-cost CPM, large numbers of conservative voters, ability to broadcast all day, multiple times to the same audience. And the numbers were showing in the consumer side that people were spending more and more hours of their day consuming Facebook content and and aggregated uh, newsfeed. Well, that's impressive, right? They did it, and Democrats were furious. And they yelled and screamed, at Mark Zuckerberg in 2017, 2018, 19, they, they dragged him to Capitol Hill. And Kamala Harris was actually, back when she was somewhat eloquent, actually, I don't know what happened to her, uh, laid into him. And Mark Zuckerberg, well, <clears throat> he did all kinds of things to get back in the good graces of Democrats. He gave $350 million to various left-leaning uh, organizations that would favor a Democrat turnout in 2020. Take a look at this. In in, in certain states, uh, well, number one, gave money to every state in the country, I think, except West Virginia and Wyoming. Uh, $350 million spread out among counties. Here's an example. Uh, Pennsylvania. How much of the money went to uh, red counties? About $1.00. To blue counties, about $5, all right? This was a Democrat get-out-the-vote effort. Next state, Georgia, same thing. They were greasing the entire system for Democrats to win in 2020. Greg Kelly is the host of Greg Kelly Reports, weeknights at 9 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. For more happenings in D.C., here's Rob Schmidt. This week, the Department of Justice announced an investigation into Congresswoman Cori Bush. Bush, a defund the policer who brags about wasting a fortune of your money on her own private security, has evidently been funneling much of that money to her husband. Earlier this month, the DOJ indicted New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, another Democrat. Menendez is the most visibly corrupt person in Congress. His scheme is more obvious than Joe Biden's. He was found with gold bars in his home, accused of using his power to do the bidding of Egypt and Qatar. And then, of course, Hunter Biden, now being charged with tax crimes by the same DOJ official who helped him conceal those crimes for many years. Charges Hunter's father, by the way, can make disappear like that. Now, these moves by the DOJ are the perfect way to keep the wool over the eyes of millions of unawake Americans, the ones still convinced to ignore a story when they all scream conspiracy theory. And the media, which, of course, does the bidding of our government, is fully exploiting these Democrat indictments. From New York Mag, Biden's weaponized Justice Department goes after another Democrat. Sleepy Joe is doing a terrible job targeting his enemies, they say sarcastically. And over at CNN, more of the same. Take a look. A lot of Republicans say that the Justice Department is politicized. The Justice Department is investigating Cori Bush, investigating Bob Menendez, investigating Hunter Biden. This seems to be pretty clear evidence that the Justice Department is doing what they're supposed to be doing, whether Republican or Democrat. Another example of the media pretending to be very gullible for your benefit, they would say. 
A wonderful psyop by the Department of Justice is happening in this election year. The DOJ going after some high-profile news-making Democrats to dupe everybody into thinking that what's happening to former President Trump is somehow normal and credible and not strange. But at the end of the day, the DOJ is exactly what you think it is. Robert Hur just exonerated Joe Biden for the exact same charges Jack Smith is bringing against former President Trump. And the Biden family influence peddling and money laundering scheme being handled by the same man who covered up their crimes for years, that one in particular is about as insulting to the American people as the DOJ could possibly be. Robert Hur, the special counsel investigating President Biden's handling of classified documents, including the ones that were found at his Delaware home in the garage, you remember, near the Corvette, when he wasn't even the president, as Rob said, special prosecutor Hur said Biden did nothing wrong with those documents or any of the other documents. Rob spoke with Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, investigating the Bidens. Oversight Chairman James Comer says he requested drafts of Biden's speeches as vice president from the National Archives in August, but five months later has yet to receive them. In the past, the White House has allowed the National Archives to provide Congress with presidential records related to Trump within a month of the request. A very different story for Biden and the congressman mm-hmm. joins us tonight. Uh, sir, good to have you on. You know, a, a credible FBI informant alleges that the owner of Burisma claims that he paid Hunter and Joe Biden both $5 million each, right. in addition to that $1 million a year salary salary for Hunter. So the truth of what really happened here with Victor Shokin is is critical to national security. Absolutely. He's a, a key part of this investigation. Uh, you played the tape that showed Joe Biden did, in fact, fire uh, Victor Shokin. Uh, he withheld tax dollars in the form of foreign aid to Ukraine until they fired the prosecutor who just happened to be investigating his son's corrupt energy company, the company that his son was getting over a million dollars a year from. And according to this FBI document, possibly another uh, five to ten million dollars. So we need this information. The National Archives has responded to us saying that uh, they would love to provide us this information, but the White House will not allow them to do it. That is evidence of obstruction. And that's why we're getting everything lined up to take this to court. We expect this information and the fact that the the White House continues to obstruct and not want to be transparent with this shows that they have a lot of viability on this issue. And I think the American people can see right through what happened with Joe Biden doing the quid pro quo withholding uh, foreign aid to Ukraine in exchange for getting a prosecutor off his son's back. Yeah. I mean, if you remember that time, I mean, we're talking 2015, that was the end Mm -hmm. of Biden's political run. Remember, he he had Mm -hmm. no intention of going any further. He was going to retire after that. So that might have been the the one big final move after 40 years in American politics. Let's get paid. Let's get paid. Let's get out. Let's get millions here. It was a big, a bold move. It, It makes perfect sense in every way. Why in the name of God, would he care so much about one prosecutor uh, in Ukraine so much? He didn't care about anything else in the world, yeah. but one prosecutor in Ukraine. Now that guy had to be fired. And, and, and that's never happened before. Name me one other time in the history of our country when anyone, uh, much less the vice president of the United States, has demanded uh, a prosecutor in another country be fired and, and tried to withhold foreign aid uh, in exchange for, for getting the termination. That's never happened before. Right. Uh, Joe Biden, since right. he's been president, hasn't called on any country to get rid of any corrupt person. 
just the one guy that was investigating is Shady's son. That's Kentucky Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee on Rob Schmidt tonight. That's 7 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. And former President Donald Trump was back in D.C. yesterday to attend a Teamsters meeting. And I think we had a very productive meeting. Stranger things have happened. Uh, usually a Republican wouldn't get that endorsement for many, many years. They've, they only do Democrats. But in my case, it's different because I've employed thousands of Teamsters and I thought we should come over and pay our respects. And uh, as you know, a big part of the voting bloc uh, votes for me, a very big part. Uh, some people say more than 50 percent. Nobody knows what the exact number is, but some people say more than 50 percent of the Teamsters vote for me. So we had a very, very productive meeting, I think, with a lot of uh, Teamster representatives upstairs. Okay? Mr. President, uh, the Teamsters also say they want to sit down with Nikki Haley. I'm curious. Does that signal to you that they believe there's still a Republican race out? I don't know that they're going to meet with I mean, she's down at uh, 12 percent. I think a poll came out today. It's 88 to 12. So I don't know if they want to waste their time. They can do that. That's up to them. Trump was also asked about the congressional negotiations on the border. Because we had the safest border ever, and now we have the worst border ever. And I mean anywhere. There's never been a border like this ever in the world what's happening at our border. And I hope the Republicans don't, and the Democrats, don't make a bad border deal because a bad border deal would be worse than no deal at all. You don't need a deal to tighten up the border and to make it secure. I had this most secure border in history. I didn't have a deal. I didn't have a bill. I said, no people are coming in. No drugs are coming in. We don't want to have uh, human trafficking, which nobody even talks about. That is the number one. You take a look at that border today, human trafficking is up 114%, they say, 114%. Uh, You wouldn't have that. We were working so hard on human trafficking. You know, it's a horrible thing. You think of it as sort of an ancient crime. It's not ancient. Because of the Internet, it's a tremendous money, for for the people that do it, a tremendous moneymaker. None of that, you would have had none of that. And uh, now you look at what's happening. The numbers are astronomical. And drugs, too. Drugs pouring in through our border. And you have the you have the right to close up your border. You don't need bills that complicate it and make it to a level that nobody's going to be able to do it. And the minimum was 5,000 people a day, if that can be right. I, it's hard to believe that that can be right. But they were negotiating to allow 5,000 people a day. That's a tremendous amount. Nobody wants to have that happen to our country and they're still not going to know where they're coming from right now we have no idea who these people are that are pouring into our countries last night i watched where they're beating up police officers in new york city a gang of people that just came in that didn't speak english nobody knows who they are where they come from and very importantly they come from i can tell you they come from jails and prisons they come from mental mental institutions and insane asylums And they're terrorists. They have a lot of terrorists coming, too. And we don't want them. I'm sorry. You know, so we had a very strong border. President Trump speaking with reporters at the Teamsters headquarters in Washington, D.C., which was carried live on Newsmax. So a couple of things here today, well, starting last night and today, you're hearing a lot about how the Republicans don't want to make a deal on the border because of Trump or Trump is telling them not to make any deal on the border because it would be bad for his reelection. Now, all of a sudden, after three years of crickets, I mean, literally 
crickets about the border and fentanyl and everything else related to the border. Now, some networks are saying, oh, Trump wants an open border. I actually heard an MSNBC host say, so Donald Trump wants to keep the deadly fentanyl flowing into the country because it's good for his campaign. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's a joke. Second thing, he referenced the illegal immigrants, migrants that attacked the police in New York. You've probably seen this on social media or on TV. Even New York's Democrat governor, Kathy Hochul, who has been vocal about the Biden administration's weak immigration policies, vocal Hochul, is agreeing with Republicans and almost everyone else saying those people need to be deported. When asked, she said that it's certainly something worth looking at and something to consider. That is in today's New York Post. Meanwhile, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem weighed in on the border as well. Governor, I'm watching, you know, Biden saying I want to do something about the border. I watch Abbott down there putting up razor wire that's working and Biden saying I want to do something. And then what he's doing is he's having the feds lift the razor wire off off the banks of the river. I'm just I, I'm just getting a mixed mixed signal from from the Biden administration. Well, talking to the Texas National Guard when I was down there on Friday, they said the reason that the federal government took them to court was because the razor wire they were putting up was actually working. They had put it up on top of shipping containers, on a panel, in a different method that actually kept even the able-bodied, military-aged men unable to climb it and cross over it. So you could see everywhere they had installed this new way of of putting this barrier in place, it worked. And that's when the federal government decided to take him to court and sue him to have to take it down. So that's what's incredible to me. We have a president that's not just ignoring federal law, he's knowingly violating federal law and, and helping and facilitating this invasion. I did a joint address to my legislature today because I wanted them to know that even though South Dakota isn't a neighboring state to Texas, that we're on the front lines of this thing. I've got nine Native American tribes and the cartels are set up on our tribal grounds and they are facilitating this drug trafficking, this human trafficking through my tribal grounds here in South Dakota. Because, Eric, I don't have jurisdiction there. Right. Um, the Department of Justice and the federal government have jurisdiction on our reservations. I don't as a state. So they're using um, these areas of federal lands as havens for their criminal activity. And every single state literally is a border state because we've got these cartels throughout the country in protected areas. And Joe Biden's letting it happen. No idea. That's, that's some, learn something new about this crisis every day. They're using Native American lands because there's no jurisdiction and the cartels are, are allowing this stuff. to. It's, it, it's incredible. Mike Johnson, uh, again, today earlier on, on the House floor, his first speech, his first address also pointed this out. Take a listen. The day he took office, the very first day that he walked into the Oval Office, President Biden revoked executive order 9844. You know what that did? It ended construction of the border wall that Congress had already paid for in February 2021. The administration stopped applying Title 42 expulsions to children and incentivized by doing that, incentivized families to send unaccompanied children through Mexico under the watch of who? Cartels and traffickers. Crazy. And yet Joe Biden says, I want to do something about the border. Give me control. Give me the border patrol. Can you imagine if we turned over border patrol to Joe Biden? Now, and what's sad to me is these Border Patrol agents, they don't want to do what this president is doing. They're good people who've been in these positions for many, many years. They've lived in these communities, and they hate what they're seeing as a destruction to their town, their city, their community, and their country. 
That's South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem with Eric Bowling. This after the South Dakota legislature passed a resolution in support of securing their state's border. Democrats were encouraging this president to federalize our National Guard troops to put them under their control and not ours as governors. It's the first time we would have paid soldiers. If the, if the president takes that action, it's the first time that we would be paying soldiers to stand down, to not protect America. Mm. And that's what the Democrat Party is fighting for today is they don't want governors to be able to be the commander in chief of our National Guard. They want the president to take action to take them away from us and then pay them from going into a war zone to actually protect our country. It would be unprecedented, and that's why we're taking such a strong stand here in South Dakota, is to defend our state's rights. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem on the balance with Eric Bowling. There's more and more talk about Ben Carson being the front runner as uh, Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate. Don't forget, Kristi Noem's name is still up high on that list as well. If you are in the belief that Trump is going to pick a female, although a lot of the chatter now has been about Ben Carson. But if you think it's going to be a female, it could very well be Christy Nome. President Biden is in Detroit today. He'll be making a stop in Philadelphia as well before heading back to the White House tonight. And after getting federalized by Jerome Powell yesterday, the stock markets are bouncing back a bit today. Can Fed Chairman Powell not come out of a meeting and just say, we're leaving rates unchanged, see you next month? He always has to give some dissertation and undoubtedly say something that rocks the markets. I told you yesterday that it could be a volatile day depending upon what he said. And after he indicated that the feds will not lower interest rates anytime soon, which he didn't necessarily have to say, stocks hit the skids. I understand it's his job. Okay, we're not raising interest rates. See you next month. The corporate earnings barrage is continuing on uh, Wall Street today as well, and Apple reports earnings after the closing bell. That's always a big deal. There'll be a lot of talk about that on Friday. Tomorrow is also Groundhog Day. Be sure to keep up with all of the news all day, every day on Newsmax, available on most major cable systems, and make sure you're watching on the new Newsmax Plus. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com, get signed up for a free trial if you haven't already signed up. It includes all your favorite shows like The Balance with Eric Bowling, a Newsline with Bianca De La Garza, Rob Schmidt Tonight, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly Reports, and much more with analysis from people like Governor Mike Huckabee, Kerry Lake, Alan Dershowitz, Judge Napolitano, documentaries, special programming, and more. Newsmax Plus. I'm Tony Marino. This is the Newsmax Daily. Thank you for listening. Also now available on the Newsmax YouTube and Rumble page as well. Don't forget about that. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.